Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, it's like when you're in school and you didn't study and you just pray that no, that he doesn't don't talk. call on me. Don't, don't call, call on me. me. I don't know the answer. Please, I have to make something up on the fly. I don't want to. Yeah. Just there are other people in here who have done the work. Please call on them. Yeah. <laughs> Ask my straight cousins what's going on in their life. Yeah. Seriously. Just, ugh, I don't wanna... Yeah. <laughs> I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the best podcast to dike the halls with this holiday season, whatever that means. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Sarah York. And today we're diking out with Alex Berg about the holidays. Uh, Alex is a correspondent and producer covering national news, women's issues, and LGBTQ culture for outlets like uh, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Mike, and more. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love a pun. It's the fastest way to my heart. So it the is. Dyke yeah. the Halls yeah. thing, you really have me there. Yeah. Uh, I should have said holidays instead of holidays. <laughs> I also been love calling that. It the I know, that's a good one too. I've been calling it the holidays all season. <laughs> and uh, I also want to let the listeners know right now that Alex uh, has amazing hair. It's thank like this you. beautiful coral color. Thank it's an you. awesome cut. And then... She's wearing a hot pink Madonna sweatshirt it's with awesome. the true blue cover, and I'm Thank just... You. Carolyn's having a moment. I yeah, try. I'm in a I try to serve a look, so I feel really seen and affirmed yeah. right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, as Carolyn's furiously Googling that sweatshirt and where to find it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is my girlfriend's sweatshirt, but I believe she got it from Forever 21. Wow. So, who knows? Yeah. What a find. What a world to live in. The best fashions, yeah. <laughs> as if I needed another reason to walk into Forever 21. <laughs> Every time I pass by and I, I look at the crowd, I'm like, I know I don't belong there, but oh, I know. I if go I ahead. walked in, someone would be like, "Who's big gay aunt is here to pick them up?" <laughs> but like, surprisingly, great clothing for all of us, right? Yeah, you, know, you just have to be willing to spend a lot of time and like Oof. throw some elbows to get what you need. Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. For the, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, so. I am an H and M shopper myself because the men's section has everything I want, and their the quality of their clothing oh. is, I think, better than the women's clothing. Unfortunately, I, I don't know why that always happens with men's products, but. Uh, I often find myself having to go there in a hurry. And that's mm. like, to like I work in a restaurant. I need like a plain white button up shirt. I mm-hmm. know where to find it. I know the size. I just want to get it. And I always end up going to the Times Square H&M, which Ooh. is the best one. It's to my to. own fault. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know why I would be like, oh, I'll just run in here real quick. <laughs> it's <laughs> never real quick. No. It's, that's funny because actually one of my girlfriend's favorite things to do is go to the Times Square Forever 21. Oh. And oh. so what she does, and I refuse to because I think that sounds like hell. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she'll be like, we're going to go out on a date. And she's like, like, let's go somewhere in Manhattan. Okay. Like, sure. Let's go to a bar mm-hmm. or something. And then she's like, oh, but let's stop at the... Forever 21 in Times Square. And the last time this happened was a couple weeks ago. And she made me go to the Times Square Forever 21, then the 34th Street Forever 21. Ooh, is that one worse? I mean, I I, I think I, I just went into like... 34th Street is so bad. I go into like... 
a blank space where I just like, right. can't I can't remember <laughs> yeah. what happened You're because like, it's so awful. Mode. I really yeah. am in survival mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while she's having the time of her life. Oh man, twenty one. Yeah, it's a good in balance. The men's section. Yeah, yeah. That's it's good amazing. to have somebody that can. Yeah, yeah. Cope with that. Oh, then, I don't know. I I often feel like Herald Square is actually like low key worse than Times Square. I, I mean, don't know. I think it's all I, yeah. See, yeah, because I I don't think people go to Times Square mm-hmm. other than your girlfriend to go shopping yeah. at, at these stores it's true. or it's to go the to the movies. So the movie theaters there are like less crowded. People really? are there for the M M&M and M store or whatever oh, it is, man. like those yeah. kind of things. Right. But they're not necessarily necessarily there to go to H and M or to the movie theater. Yeah, and that's why I love going to the movies in Times Square because nobody's there. I've never oh, tried to do it. Nobody's there. Okay, yeah, that's on, good to on, know. on a weekday, it's empty. The, the worst thing is just the the sidewalks. But yeah, anyway, yeah. noted. Uh, a couple quick announcements. Uh, this Wednesday, December nineteenth, there is a comedy show and dance party. Uh, featuring a lineup of queer women in suits who have all been past guests on this podcast. The show's called Three Piece Suit. It's at 8 p.m. at Ceremony in uh, East Williamsburg-ish. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that what it's called? By the Grand it's, Street yeah. L. Um, it's going to be a great time. I don't know if you've seen the pictures uh, on social media, but we're taking this very seriously. <laughs> so, so get a suit and come out. It's going to be so much fun. I think Karina might go. Oh, no, no, I'm going to tease it. Karina, Karina there's a 50% chance Karina's going to come, and I know that'll get a bunch of you out. So Absolutely. And and Sarah is 100% I'm 100% in. I'm going. So, yeah, Sarah's our uh, resident thirst trap, so so I hope. (laughs) Oh, I will definitely be posting thirst traps on Instagram for sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. I think our inbox is going to (laughs) explode if you post pictures of yourself in a suit. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, I needed this today. (laughs) (laughs) This is also going to be our last episode of 2018, and (laughs) did it again. Yeah. and I just want to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners this mm-hmm. year. You've been great in terms of just spreading the word about the podcast, writing into us, showing your love uh, and support mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, yeah. We're great. I do want to shout out to one listener, uh, Tina, who had a really rough uh, 2018. And mm-hmm. I just hope 2019 gets better for her. She she described her 2018 and I'm like, holy shit, like any one of those things would be... Yeah. It can only Super go up from tough here. to deal with. Yeah. So. I have a good feeling about 2019 for like everyone. For like everyone. I think it's but like the year. Tina. Especially Tina. Yeah. We love you. Uh, and then, uh, like, I don't know, our listeners, they've like brought us gifts. Yeah. They come out to my shows. They, they send us all sorts of nice messages. And then also, uh, we forgot to mention this, but we were invited to a wedding yeah. in Chicago this summer. We wow. were, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I did ask to see if I get a plus one for Cecilia because I don't think I can go to another wedding without my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I, can I go have by a myself. One. I'm good. Yeah. So. <laughs> so just one plus one. Get back to us about that. But honestly, I'll go to Chicago in the summer. Chicago's awesome. Yeah. I, had a, I went there in September and I had a great time. Yeah. Cecilia lived there for a few months. Uh, so I'm sure she'd be thrilled yeah. too. So. Invite us to your weddings, you guys. Yeah. Please. Um, some other things going on. Uh, oh, all right. You guys, I just need you to send some uh, energy, like positive thoughts our way because I'm so close to getting Rosie O'Donnell on this podcast. <gasps> I can't even tell you. Yeah. Uh, what? I was... DMing with her while I was drunk in a cab at as one does. one thirty in the morning. Yeah, 
I've and never been sober sending a DM. <laughs> I, Those I, are the best DMs. <laughs> I look back in the morning. I'm like, this really did happen. And also, I spelled everything correctly because like, wow, you it, it was all a blur. Yeah. But I, I was so careful with my thumbs. Oh, yeah. Like, like you're diffusing a bomb. Just like right? very delicately. <laughs> like you've never done anything more yeah. carefully in your life. I'm like, Rosie can't know. I'm like five glasses of wine in. And uh, yeah, she she said that her assistant's going to follow up. Well, her assistant hasn't followed up yet, but still she agreed. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to happen. And she wouldn't agree if she wasn't interested. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think, 2019. It's the year. It's we'll going to happen. A, we'll, we'll, ha- we'll send a follow up after the holiday and then like, we'll, you know, we'll get her. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll calm down for the rest of the year, have her enjoy <laughs> the holidays and then yeah. I'll go back on to my uh mission number one yeah in life to get rosie o'donnell uh it's into great. a trap yeah i'm gonna like out put, me. put it out in the universe for you, you yeah know? thank you like, thank you that's all i'm rosie being in this space yeah that's what i'm asking yeah. for i figure the more people i tell about it the closer i get to it this yep. seemed like the biggest step but it still feels like a huge tease yeah <laughs> um until the assistant reaches out to me and right. I have someone that I can actually, because like Rosie asked for dates and then was like, I'll have my assistant. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I will come to you. I will take the day off work. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll take three days off work because I'll need two days to recover. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to need like a serious come down period after yeah. that. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Um, also, I guess I was trying to get who I think we can also get in 2019, but she needs a break from uh, doing press is Desiree Akavan, who mm-hmm. I am newly obsessed with. I mean, I should have been obsessed with her longer because like, I kind of knew who she was from these web series uh, that she had back in the day uh-huh. of um, The Slope and F and Seventh, uh, which were two queer uh, web series. And then she was the director of um, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh, and yeah. she was so great when she was doing interviews for that mm-hmm. and just such a cool, interesting, talented person. Mm -hmm. And she's also the creator of one of my new favorite shows, which is only six episodes long. And I wish it were way longer, the bisexual on Hulu. And Mm -hmm. I can't say enough. If you're, I know I've brought it up before, but if you're not watching it, Sarah, you got to get on it. Alex, have you watched it? (laughs) I watched a little bit of it. I actually, I interviewed Desiree on AM to DM on uh, BuzzFeed news and she she was a delight and brilliant. So Cool. Yeah, she's so smart and yeah. yeah, she's so good on the, the show. It just, there, there's nothing else like this that I've seen in terms of like talking about, and it doesn't even like go that deep, but just kind of like the, what the experience would be for somebody who identified as a lesbian now identifying as bisexual and yeah. trying to like navigate that and the, um, the ways that like her circles of friends react and her, her ex girlfriend and all that. And I, it just felt also, uh, real, just really real. And, um, yeah, something that definitely was not covered in the L word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even having a show in 2018 that's called the bisexual was so striking and surprising to me. And I feel Mm -hmm. like in 2018, it really shouldn't be. And I would, Mm -hmm. it's something I would hope would be almost passe at this point, but it felt that felt really incredible Mm -hmm. in terms of visibility and also just saying the word in a way that like, wasn't 
taboo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of remarkable. I mean, just it makes me think a lot about this weird media moment that we're in in terms of visibility and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And you yourself identify as bi plus. Bi plus. Yeah. So for our listeners who might not know what bi plus means. Yeah. So bi plus is just, it's a way of saying I am a bisexual person, but I am also attracted to people all across the sex and gender spectrum. Mm -hmm. And bi plus can also be an umbrella term for people who may identify as pansexual or have other, um, you know, additionally inclusive ways of expressing their sexual orientation. I think that there's a misconception that bisexual, I mean, with the root of the word only means you're attracted to, it's very binary. And the bi community has really been working for the past like three decades on expanding that to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, trans and gender non-conforming people and, you know, just a much more holistic view of gender. So that's what it means for me. It means I'm attracted to everyone, but I really love the word bisexual because it's accessible. Most people know it. You Mm -hmm. don't have had to take you know, a, a college gender and sexuality course to be able to know what bi means. Yeah. And I love how many different terms we have now to express being attracted to people of all different sexes and genders. But um, for me, in terms of just the kind of accessibility, like everyone can use the word bi. There's really not a big barrier to understand what it means. Yeah, I noticed, and, and through doing the podcast too, that a lot of people who had always identified as bi uh, now feel like they can't identify as that anymore and um, are saying, well, I'm bi, but I, I guess I need to say I'm pansexual. But you really don't, and I've read articles uh, about this, but mm-hmm. I- is there a difference between bi plus and pansexual or just like a... I think that people, there I, there are some politics within the bi and pan communities mm-hmm. about yeah. this. Um, and so it can get, uh, people can have a lot of feelings over this as, as, you know, every kind of conversation about evolving identities in our communities. Um, And so I think that some people really um, feel strong, more strongly about the word pan um, and that that better expresses their identity. I think that there's a lot of baggage attached to the word by still, even though if you do a little bit more reading and research about it, you'll find that it, the community really has pushed for it to be inclusive. Um, So I do think people will specifically identify with either one of these things. For me, like I'm all about all the labels that could Mm -hmm. possibly describe who I am by plus. I don't mind if people call me pan. I also identify very strongly with the word queer. Some days I wake up and I feel like a dyke. You know, it's like identity is fluid and changing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it kind of depends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll call myself like a dyke, lesbian, queer, uh, gay, but there are some people uh, (laughs) within the community (laughs) who seem to have real problems with, uh, with inclusion within the community, uh, specifically talking about TERFs who are, uh, trans exclusionary radical feminists. And, uh, and they also hate the word TERF. They also hate (laughs) the word TERF. Yes. Yes. Well, don't be a TERF. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Stop being a TERF and I'll stop calling you a TERF. Yeah. Um, and we, we've talked about this a little bit before, on the podcast and every once in a while it resurfaces where I'll be like, uh, on our Twitter account, which we mostly follow queer accounts. And Mm -hmm. then I'll realize that somebody we followed is a turf. And I'm like, what What Mm -hmm. was like the, um, the head of after Ellen now, like I didn't realize that. And I was like, Oh yeah, the editor at large after Ellen. And then I'm like, what, what's this, what's going on? And then like, when you read the comp, it, was it a specific tweet that gave it away or was it yes, some other it, it was further a, discovery? It was a tweet that was like, don't 
police my my language and like it's stupid that I have to call you they them there or something. Oh, and it, you're like, yeah, you like, just showed your ass yeah. real hard about what you think. <sighs> yeah. uh, having I, a problem with gen- with like pronouns and using the correct ones is literally the quickest way from A to B. Yeah. And B is you re- revealing your ass yeah, to everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. The but, but quickest it's also, way yeah. to do that for me. It's like, <laughs> it's like if I tell somebody, it's very efficient. I'll yeah, give it, it that. is. It is. <laughs> If I tell somebody, oh, uh, my name's Carolyn, but you can call me Carrie. Right. And then them being like, don't police me. Yeah. Don't like tell me what I have to call simple. you. It's yeah. like, yeah. call people what they prefer to be called. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, what's the big it's deal? What's the big fucking deal? I don't, it's not I don't get it. I mean, I always, so I think that, you know, Turfs are really good about mobilizing on Twitter, and like, how do they? You, is there like a turf signal? That I think they that they have there? their own like bat signal that they send up where they get everybody together, like a list that they yeah. they notify the troops, and then they yeah. all no. it, it's like a bunch of spiders. I think going. I think that's the, exactly yeah. what it is. But I also think that it's really you know on the one hand I'm always like I don't want to entertain them or like indulge them, yeah. but on the other hand I actually think it's really important for us to disavow those views and those people because. I mean, if they're attacking us, like, go figure how much are they going to attack the most vulnerable members of our community. And right. I think that we need yeah. to make it, like, so, so clear that we do not stand or enable, stand for or enable those kinds of views. Yeah. And I think, like, especially in this political moment where trans and gender nonconforming people are under attack, you know, politically. And then if you just look at the, in terms of the real violence Mm -hmm. uh, against trans folks, I think that we need to be so clear in queer spaces, in lesbian spaces, in bi spaces, you know, particularly with women that we include trans women, we include gender nonconforming people. Mm -hmm. I think that like we need to stand for something in this moment. So I actually think that, yeah, TERFs believe in some wild conspiracy theory-esque stuff related to trans identities. Yes. But like we need to be so clear that that's not who we are and yeah. we don't welcome that in our spaces. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Like definitely with TERFs, like the role of being an ally in the community becomes so important because it shouldn't just be on trans people to defend themselves. And mm-hmm. um, I, there was a, a thread on uh, Dorothy Snarkers, who's at Autostraddle. I think so. She's still yeah. there. Okay. And um, she wrote some article about, um, or posted something about like how terrible after Ellen is with their transphobic articles. And this is the reason why like so many people left there. And then of course all the turfs descended on it and just reading those comments. And I wrote some comment. It's like, you all sound like the person in small town, Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's like Sharia law is coming. It's, right. It's like so that. They're, God, it's yeah. Yeah. They like Sharia law is theorists. coming. Yeah. 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 They, they think that, Trans women are just like hiding in bushes, right. waiting to force their genitals on lesbians, <laughs> yeah. and it's insane. it's really destructive. It's I mean, trans pe- trans people have so few allies, so few true allies, and for people within this community, like with under the umbrella of like the LGBT community and that like sort of rosy view of it, for for them to not have any allies within is so fucking destructive and like so so destructive. It's also, it's so, all of it is like so intellectually dishonest. Like Mm -hmm. aside from, you know, this idea that like trans women are going to be jumping out of the bushes. They also believe that trans women are men who want to sleep with lesbians. So they say that they're like, that is off. That is some crazy conspiracy theory. Yes. Yes, but, But then also just to the level of like intellectual dishonesty, like, 
whenever these people don't want to talk about the actual, they don't want to talk about gender or how exclusionary they are. They just want to have ad hominem attacks on anyone who, you know, wants to say anything to them at all. And they're not, that's not feminism. You know, this is not feminism. Plus their big thing is accusing you of being homophobic. Yes. yes. Which is crazy. So so I posted about the bisexual. the horrible thing I'm saying. That's a hate crime. I posted about the bisexual and then uh, Garrett Conley was like, oh, I can't wait to see this. Mm -hmm. And then somebody was like, why? It's homophobic. And I'm like, it's not homophobic. Yeah. How is it homophobic? Yeah. Like, are you saying that That's all bisexuals are like a threat to... Um I don't, I don't sexuality? Yeah. Like what? But that's the thing. If you say anything that is like, uh, you know, trans people belong in our community or like trans women are women, yeah. you know, they will say that you are a giant homophobe. And yeah. they, I, I get tweets like that or, that are telling me I'm a giant homophobe. And I'm like, please come talk to my lesbian girlfriend about, yeah. you know, about that. It's, so. it's very, uh, or they accuse you of conversion therapy, which again, oh bringing my. back to Garrett Conley, I think that's like a true <laughs> insult to anybody who's been that's through like, conversion yeah, yeah. therapy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost like our little version of like the All Lives Matter community. Oh where my it's like, gosh! Well, you yeah. actually like the, it's the the white people who say that the the phrase Black Lives Matter is racist because <laughs> yeah. because they somehow think that that means that their precious white lives don't matter. It's like no, yeah. you're completely conflating that. It's just it is like it's intellectually dishonest above all. Like it's so it's just such a problem. Yeah, like I just can't. I really Ugh. just have no, it like, it drains my, like seeing tweets like that. Like if I was like in a video game and it, you know how like it has like your energy levels, mine would just go down into the red, like immediately <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just takes it out of me. And I don't even know how to, it's, it's like the upside down of the queer world. I'm like, yeah, how did we oh get things <laughs> in it? There's weird cobwebs on everything in that, in that world. Like it's yeah. so, it's, it's so yeah. disappointing yeah. that it's coming. Sometimes I'm like, are these just like bots trying to divide and I mean, like, are they? maybe, yeah. maybe they could I be, tell. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. are these really just like conservatives finding a way to, Oh, that would be so, I feel like that's too, uh, that's, there's, that's too, that's thought too, out. In, yeah. yeah. But it's funny. Like they do overlap I, when all of the, um, anti-trans bathroom rhetoric was really happening. And a lot of that legislation was mm-hmm. happening. There was yeah. overlap between, these like so-called radical feminists and then conservatives and yeah. the religious right, you know, and all of it is just very ironic because I think actually some of the people who face the most gender policing are lesbians and queer women. And, yeah. you know, when all of that was happening in North Carolina, there were all of these accounts from queer women or, you know, women who uh, were gender nonconforming in whatever sense, who were actually the ones who were being the most policed. So yeah. yes, it's just, it's so intellectually dishonest and troublesome, but I know it's so easy to dismiss it and laugh at them, but I just, I do think it's like so important mm-hmm. to be like, we cannot accept this hate yeah, yeah. in our community. Definitely. It has no home here. Uh, all right. Agreed. Another edit to the list for 2019. What? 2019. Oh, 2019. 2019. Oh, this <laughs> is why Karina's here. Karina. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> that's great. Yep. I was trying to think of what a, a 2019 pun would be, but that's probably. That's, this is perfect. Oh, oh. oh, you didn't? Well, it's okay. I, I, I like it. Did. Who did? Jillian <laughs> Anderson? <laughs> Karina's icons are Jillian Anderson and Celine Dion, and that's why we love her. <laughs> They're both great. Especially Celine Dion's Celine. awesome. She yeah. has that new like clothing line for kids. It's like gender non you know, it's like yeah. gender neutral clothing for babies and kids. New, yeah. new, new. Talk about some internet comments that are wild. Uh, I can oh my only God. imagine. People can't 
wrap their heads around like straight, like cis het straight people cannot wrap their heads around like not forcing gender binary on children. Like it's yeah. the, it's the quickest way to get them just so fired up. It's so funny to me. Also, just gender reveal parties in general, oh and God. especially the one that started the like the one that burned out like half of California. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm like heterosexual <laughs> people can just really they have some strange customs. <laughs> right, you know? people are out here burning <laughs> yeah, down burning states <laughs> over the gender binary. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy, and oh I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it that we just need to call them genital reveal parties. Yes, because that's yes. what it is. Yeah, and exactly people will is. stop having one, them. Yeah, oh, they we, won't stop having them. But if, if yeah. you get listeners, if you get invited to a gender reveal party, send a message back saying, "I'm not sure if I can make it to your kid's genital reveal party." Yeah, with no other context, just say that. Just that. Just just leave <laughs> and, it at and that. Let us know uh, what happens to the friendship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Report back to us because I've never been invited to one because I think people know better. Oh no, I've never. <laughs> they know ever I'm been not going. Yeah, I've never been invited to one either. That's yeah, why, as yeah. I also sort of. Like airlifted myself out of that whole thing. I was gonna by say it's only here. from I'm yeah, it's friends my, in my hometown. All those people are still at home, yeah. so ugh, no. Mm. And I don't think do people do them in New York? I mean, probably, but yeah, not as like on Long Island. As, but I don't. Think, oh yeah, I don't yeah. know if in the like, Midwest New York, of New York. Proper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I cannot imagine being invited to something like that. No, the closest I came to I went to a friend's baby shower. Who um the the baby shower was thrown like they didn't. They don't they didn't care about the gender of the baby, so they, sure. didn't, they didn't find out. So um, the baby shower was thrown though by like some older relatives, and they had those little cards that they pass around that are like guess the baby's gender, and then like guess the something when they'll be born, and and so you could like it was literally like middle aged relatives and like mostly all their queer friends. <laughs> we all wrote like snarky comments <laughs> on the thing like gender is a, it's a social construct you know uh, like yeah it yeah. was really fun and i think um probably made some older aunts head spin when they read the yeah like we just had to shit all over their fun little oh, game yeah. like <laughs> you're like this baby will be born a baby yeah, yeah. like it's us it's a baby it's, it's a, a baby. human in yeah. the baby phase of its child. life yeah <laughs> <laughs> it. uh speaking of um gender talking about it's like award nomination season and um, the mm-hmm. actor from Billions, Asia... Asia Kate Dillon, I think? Yeah, Asia Kate Dillon was nominated for, I think, a, a SAG award mm-hmm. and uh, because they're uh, non-binary, um, it was like... The yeah, categories what, are so so gendered. Yeah. And Which so is still kind of silly that that's a thing. Yeah, so they're nominated in the... They requested, if you're going to put me in one, put me in actor category okay. or supporting actor and i guess they were nominated for something um uh an mtv movie uh-huh. award or tv award whatever and because of that mtv collapsed their categories and actually hmm. stopped dividing it up oh, by great. actor yeah and actress wow. yeah yeah so cool. it's like okay the world's still spinning right so maybe everyone else can yeah. follow suit because it is kind of a weird thing and it's like what what's the harm to doing that is it this fear that oh now here's another uh opportunity for bias to really come mm-hmm. forth and it'll just be men winning every well, award moving I mean, forward but but it's also weird that you know you have best actor best actress but best director is just one category. So right. that one's not not gendered. So what's Yeah, I'm not really sure what like why it's so important to have actor and actress. I, but but I think, I think may- you're right though. I think it is because 
probably what would happen is it would be like if it was just best performer, if they called it that or whatever, it would be like 15 dudes. Yeah. And like two actresses, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So that's, that is hard. Because it might have started it in, a, a in a time thing. where men got all the good roles, basically, right. and that the roles for women, they were few and far mm-hmm. between to be a, an interesting role. So dividing it up that way made sense. But now, I mean, yeah. Uh, I feel bad for anybody going up against, you know, Meryl Streep or um, what's her name? She was just in Widows. Oh, Viola Davis. Yes, oh my yes, God. Viola yeah. Davis. Like, I, I dare just you. Give them all the awards. To just go like, up against I know. Like, like I, I would actually watch the award show if it was just Viola Davis getting nominated for every <laughs> single thing, every yeah. single category. But yeah. she had to do a full outfit change between each one because I just want to see her in more dresses because she's so beautiful. Oh my yeah. gosh. I yeah, I love how H. K. Dillon is challenging all of the these categories, and I love that MTV collapsed it into one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think yeah, like what? Why are we living in such a binary world all the yeah. time? But um, but I do think it raises interesting questions around gender parity um Mm -hmm. you know in hollywood and like you know what were those categories created because women wouldn't get nominated i don't know but i think these are like the fun and amazing things we can think through by collapsing Mm -hmm. the gender binary and you know fighting patriarchy and all that good stuff so yeah it would, it would make it a lot more, uh, well, one, if they're worried about ratings, that would be a fun way to get <laughs> yeah, the office no making a, a big change. Uh, also, nobody wants to host the Oscars, it seems. Isn't that wild? No one wants to host the Oscars, and nobody well, wants no. to be... People want to host the Oscars, just not the, well, not the dumb ones people they want, yeah, but I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of uh, like we can't, people we, who would... We somehow can't get Goldberg somebody to host the to. Oscars, and we can't get someone to be the White House Chief of Staff. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or play with Maroon Five at the Super Bowl. Like, Jobs yeah, 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 highly coveted, and you had to have a lot of vetting and qualifications right. for. Yeah. And now, apparently, you definitely don't need vetting for now either of those like, at all. I'm actually good. I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kevin Hart, uh, and there are Ugh. some people who are like, it was, "It was a long time ago. I'm sick of people missing out." I'm like. It wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. It was in like 2009, which 2010, I think. T- yeah, 2009 yeah. or 10, but like. It, it wasn't okay to be homophobic in no, 2010. No, absolutely not. It wasn't okay. It's not like these are things he said like to in the 80s, you know, like yeah. this is not, it's like, it's not like, for example, like Eddie Murphy's stand-up material in the 80s, though considered like iconic as far as stand-ups go, is fucking problematic if you, yeah. if you look at it now. And I think he has actually addressed that, not well, but he's he's acknowledged that like, yes, this was considered, you know, acceptable, I guess, at the time, but I... I certainly don't feel that way now. And he's not since said things like that now in any performances he's done, although he's not doing a whole lot these days anyway, but comparing him to Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, rather than just, so for people listening who aren't full, I mean, I'm sure you're aware, but like basically some tweets were surfaced from roughly eight or nine years ago in which he was saying things that are, this is what pisses me off. It's like when people are like, well, it's just jokes, but the tweets no. weren't even, they weren't even, they jokes. weren't jokes. It, they were statements. <laughs> it was like, yeah. lighthearted homophobia. Jokes. Basically. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if my, uh, implying that if his son were to exhibit qualities that he considers gay, so obviously anything feminine, Having dolls. wouldn't that be terrible yeah. to have any yeah. effeminate qualities yeah, whatsoever? Right. Uh, he would like beat it out of him or something or it, something just kind of borderline violent child abuse kind of shit. Yes. But, they were not jokes. Yeah. Nothing was funny. Nothing. No one laughed. Yeah. And yeah, when you become, when you rise to the level of fame that Kevin Hart has, yes, you are going to be scrutinized for some of these things you said. Like yeah. the more famous you get, 
I don't understand why people who, the more famous they get, they don't understand that you have to then be aware that everything you've ever said is going to come up at some point and you have to be fucking accountable for it. And he didn't even, all he had to do was apologize and yeah. he just had to dig his heels further into this straight, macho, hyper-masculine, performative bullshit. Yeah. And that fucking doesn't fly anymore. Like, I'm sorry. It's not, you're not that funny, Kevin Hart. Like, no. You're, yeah. you're really no. not. It, not only that, but it's like he couldn't give an apology of substance and mm-hmm. instead gave a Martin Luther King Jr. Oh quote. God. That was, it's just like, yeah. so yeah, the a, whole thing, a part of a quote, a, that was a taken part out of, of a quote that was yeah, wildly yeah. taken out of context. And, um, and so it's like, not only look, if he wants to say he's evolved, there has to be actually some evolution from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and like what I'm going to say is probably generous. If there's a celebrity who has said homophobic things like that in the past, and these were some really gross, mean-spirited mm-hmm. statements yeah. that he made on Twitter, I would be, if he had like made a donation to the Trevor Project, actually right. worked in in conjunction with various LGBTQ organizations, mm-hmm. if he had completely disavowed what he said and was like, look, that was gross, uneducated. I shouldn't have said that. I don't want to feed into, you know, violence against LGBTQ people because of the gross homophobic things Mm -hmm. I've said and said, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. This is a time to celebrate LGBTQ people in Hollywood, et cetera. Like, I think there is a way where he could have apologized. Sure. And it would have been sincere. Yeah. So easy for him to do. And even, I think if he maybe even could have continued to host the Oscars, if he would have given a really over the top, amazing, amazing apology, that Maybe a little bit generous. I was but say, I, I think yeah. the Academy would have happily let him host yeah, yeah. if he had done even a half-ass kind of clearly written by his PR person statement. I think he I think he would have gotten away with the bare minimum in that case. But like you said, all he had to do, or I don't know, use your uh, gigantic platform to uplift creatives from the LGBTQ community. It would have been so easy to do any of that. Any of that. It would have been so easy to just get on Twitter yeah. and and just give the same fucking statement that so many other people have had to make. Like those are regrettable tweets that I, or comments that I made. It was a different time for me personally. I've grown since then. Obviously the only true apology is change behavior, but it it just, it, it blows my mind how unwilling he's able to be to just do the bare minimum in making this right. And I think it was Nick Cannon was saying, well, you guys don't, um, you know, you're not going after people like um, Amy Schumer or Sarah Silver. I'm like, those are jokes using gay stereotypes. Those aren't like homophobic. And I I, I think there is a different, like, yes, you can make a a tasteless joke and I'm not giving a pass for straight people to make jokes, um, you know, willy nilly uh, where, Gay right. people are the, the And the comments line. that he cited in that are people who do also have a demonstrated record of allyship. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. But those are those are allies and like yeah. the was, gay community really like knows for, the difference between like a hateful comment and like a lighthearted joke from right. Sarah Silverman. And those know. were jokes. Again, what Kevin Hart said was not a fucking joke. That wasn't a joke. It was yeah. just a weirdly kind of almost violent statement. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. multiple times. So Ugh, I don't know. I don't feel bad for him. Who I don't do you, know who, who do you think should host? host. I don't. I don't. Whoopi Goldberg said she she would do it again. That'd be I think. awesome. Yeah, I'll take Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, the thing is like, also yeah. almost anyone. Like <laughs> almost almost anyone. There the bar plenty. is that low for me. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that I'm I not going to watch regardless. So. I don't think the Academy has gotten enough heat for this because I don't understand how the Academy, given the issues that they've had with this show, and just that right now 
you know, we're all thinking about diversity and representation mm-hmm. in Hollywood. I don't know how they didn't vet Kevin Hart and anticipate that this was going to be a big problem. I don't know yeah. why they didn't do a better job of picking a host. I mean, who's in the academy? I'm assuming this is a lot of older people it is a lot in the of academy. Old, this yeah, is, like, this is why award yeah. shows are yeah. decreasing in viewership every single year because they're... It's like Congress. Like they are run by these like dusty old white people who are not in touch with the current cultural climate at all. I might and be they, wrong, but I think the head of the academy is a, a black woman currently. Probably, but I think you're actually but, right about that. Yeah, but, but, but still, it's largely like, the people who are in the academy. But largely but the yeah. people who compose the academy. Like I just, they could have asked like a 22 year old to be like, we hope we just yeah. like oh, do a little close. research. About it's Kevin a white Mark lady. Never mind. It's a okay, great. Okay, great. Yeah, but like, but yeah, that. like they could have asked someone a little bit more in touch to be like, "Hey, is this a good idea or a bad idea?" And they'd have been like, "Well, here's what he's done." Blah blah blah. Like yeah. they don't do they. It always happens like that, where there's like no research done into someone, and then they hitch their wagon to a person, and all, and then act indignant and surprised when that person shockingly has said some stupid shit in the past. Especially yeah. with you, really got to research comedians. You really do. Like, yeah, you have to research men, but you really have to research comedians for sure. I would love to see Ellen host. She would never. I would love to see Ellen. Like, yeah. But like the celebrities that I would want to host are ones who are like, who just hosting the Oscars for them would be like as an annoying errand. Yeah, like it would right, give me work, right. like whatever they'd pay them or, you know, the publicity of it or whatever. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, when I was on Sirius XM yesterday, uh, yes, I am. Yeah. That, but you should listen to uh, Jorge uh, Oliveira's show because it's awesome and it's on the Progressive Channel. Uh, he was saying that he thinks uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson should host and that he's... Oh, I like The Rock. He's kind of like the neutral, like non-problematic, at least he's we now. think so far. I mean, uh, so far. I'll be extremely disappointed to learn but any, it's like anything bad about him. Pretty much everybody... Yeah. Everybody loves him. Yeah. yeah. He would he would actually be a sensible one, I think, because he appeals He's to goofy. everybody. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like The Rock hosting the Oscars would be such a 2018 thing, having gone from being like a wrestler like a to hosting the Oscar. Wrestler. I know. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like both a glow up, but also <laughs> this is where we are. We have like everybody is so problematic that yeah. this is what it's we just, get. Yeah. 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 We the get the Oscars thing- host we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> also, somebody said the Muppets should host the Oscars. That would and I would be rad. there for that. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. I would love the Muppets hosting the Oscars. Oh my God. They should also have the Super Bowl halftime show. Though I. Oh, what's happening the NFL, in that? So, so Maroon Five is performing. Which they're performing, but like nobody wants to perform Z's with them all day long. Nobody yeah. wants to support the NFL. It has less to do yeah, with Maroon yeah. Five and yeah. more to do with the NFL. But again, and, I love the Muppets idea. But we've gotten to the point where now we're like puppets, great yeah. hosts. We yeah. literally no. can't trust like, real no humans. One. We to cannot. Do it. No, yeah. we have inanimate <laughs> objects. 
controlled by professional yes, puppeteers yes, yeah. to do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the Muppets in the White House at this point. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think Kermit or... The only, more, the only thing more 2018 than that would be if it was hosted by like Sean Spicer and the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh my like, God. Be, no. And maybe that would even literally be the most 2018. Probably more That would be what we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Spicer. Ugh. Like he would somehow be given that kind of platform because everyone's given him this little like little pat on the head after being the first pass yeah Ugh, god anyway yeah all right maybe we should talk about the holidays <laughs> yay um yeah it's the uh, holidays it's the holidays uh, that's my official <laughs> so many official feels. noise of the holidays <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean a lot of people have different yeah experiences and it does present some unique problems for yeah. people in the queer community whose families aren't accepting and who might not be out to their families and if you have a partner and there are a lot of complicated mm-hmm. issues the holidays are sort of like the they're like the main event for queer anxiety like, like <laughs> this is our oscars like we prepare for it all year round and we're like it's here. I'm nervous. I want it to be over. Like there's going to be some All good parts, you know, like it's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. What are they for you guys? What's the holidays for you? Well, now the holidays are great because my parents have gotten to the point where they're really accepting and embracing of me and my girlfriend. Great. And so it's fun. But for so many years, the holidays were so anxiety ridden, especially like Thanksgiving dinner with my extended family before mm. I was out. And yeah. I would just be like, please don't ask me who I'm dating. Like, please don't ask me, am I going to have to lie again about this? Like, I just don't want to have that conversation. It doesn't feel good. Ugh, like uh, just an awful, awful feeling. And and I feel like even from that perspective, I was lucky enough to like have a family that I could go home to or go to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, have to think about hiding almost everything about myself, but you know, so, so they've really changed over the past decade for me as my family has like kind of caught up, but I can remember like the year after I first came out, you know, fielding so many questions about like, you know, we thought you were this, but now you're this other person. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know you what like, and just all of those questions. It's so awkward and like Mm -hmm. intrusive and yeah. Yeah. I still get that like heebie jeebie feeling just, you know, thinking back on it. Yeah. My family's always been pretty accepting, but at the same time, when when I was younger, I mean, it's different for me now, you know, mm-hmm. my whole family loves Cecilia, so anytime I bring Who her around there, I know, <laughs> her ex, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- things are great now, but I do remember uh, when I was like in my 20s especially, even though my family knew that I was gay, when I brought my girlfriend around at the holidays, I still had cousins that were a lot younger. So I felt like I had to hide it from them because I didn't know if, and I'm sure my aunt would have been fine, but because of like what society told me and that I was, you know, living a life of sin or I was abnormal, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want my aunt to have to like explain anything she didn't want to explain. Mm-hmm. So it was always like, well, this is my friend who's here with me for all the holidays now yeah. for the next couple of years and uh, and getting like really anxious when she would try to like show any affection. I'm like, my cousins are here. Like, stop it. Like, don't touch me. And which was terrible of uh-huh. me at the time, even though I was like, I thought I was so out and proud and stuff like that. But then I would find myself like censoring my own self. And, uh, and then back when my grandparents were still alive, it was like they knew, but we didn't talk about it. And again, even though they were, they were liberal and stuff, but they also were Catholic and, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure they had their thoughts that they would never say to me 
to my face because they were always just like very supportive of me, but it was like kind of understood that yeah. we're just not going to talk specifically about it. The not talking is, is what I'm more familiar with. Like at least yeah. on one side of my family. So my parents are divorced and each remarried and like my mom is like fucking awesome. And she's an, also a listener. Hi mom. Uh, <laughs> so she and her husband are amazing. Like they go to pride every year in Omaha, Nebraska, and they do all that kind of stuff. But on my dad's side, it's like, yes, they love me. I know that. But it, we just don't fucking talk about it. Like, it's just like, it's it's the big gay elephant in the room. Mm, like, yeah. the elephant is wearing a blazer. Like, she's, <laughs> she's just, you know, it's just like, it's, I don't know. So that, and that's almost, it's it's fine because it's like, I would just, I would almost rather keep the peace in that way because mm-hmm. I'm just not as close with them. But it kind of, I don't know. It is, it's a little exhausting. Like last weekend I saw everyone and it was just like, there was such a big difference in the dynamic and the way I felt with one side versus the other. And it's just mm-hmm. like, there's a serious like polarization kind of thing happening in the, in that sort of mixed or, you know, blended divorce, blended family kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel for people who just can't, I either don't have a place to go back to for the holidays because specifically of their sexuality, you know, and I, I, yeah, on my, at my worst, my worst day, I still consider myself extremely lucky for mm-hmm. both of my sides of my family. But, um, yeah, I kind of, in the holidays for me really sort of bring out the, the whole like chosen family concept that yes. I think is really specific to the queer community. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously everyone probably has some sort of, you know, friends giving chosen family kind of thing, but specifically for, for queer people, it's very much like this is when that's like really mm-hmm. apparent and it's really beautiful and, and you know, in a way, the way that we've had to sort of do that over time. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I definitely have chosen family and I love the idea of being able to, you know, when you do have fraught family relationships or feel like you can't go and be your authentic self with these holidays and family celebrations. I love the idea of being able to deliberately choose the mm-hmm. kind of people. There's something so powerful about that, Yeah, about being able to choose the kind of people you want to love and be surrounded by. So, you know, even though it can be hard if you don't have a place to go to, I love that idea of autonomy and creating the kind of family that you want yeah. rather than being beholden to people who you might be related to, but who yeah. are awful or don't yeah. accept you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think about that too, because I'm like, I, we have like, you're supposed to spend the holidays, like by default, the holidays mean like go home, spend them with your family. But I don't know that I know a single person who is genuinely excited to do that. That's me. I know. Okay. (laughs) But like my family's cool. I know they're cool, but like (laughs) I, but as far as like some, you know, people have to spend it with like extended uncles and cousins and aunts and like all these people, there's always that that little bit of, (laughs) there's always that like little bit of kind of anxiety. It's like, why can't we just, why can't we just spend holidays with our friends? You know, why can't we just choose? Why do we have to be so obligated? Yeah. Yeah. That's the obligation factor. That's really bizarre to me. And it's like everyone that I, I have so many friends that I talk to that are just like, so over the holidays before they even start. Mm, like yeah. I have a friend who texted me and he was like, so are you going home for the holidays? And I was like, oh no, I never do. And he's like, man, so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he's married and he has this amazing family and so does she. And like, but he, he's just like, it's, it's just nothing but nonstop like time spent with people who you feel obligated to spend it with who aren't necess- who may not even be like that great to you. Yeah. You know, like if you're lucky enough to have a family who supports you and loves you and everything. But I think it does sort of put in stark relief like the, the sort of default, like, like the way that straight people experience the world as, especially as straight couples versus queer people, because all these like holiday 
things that they that they can just sort of like, oh yeah, no, that's fine. Like that that part of it is so removed. Like the whole relationship thing and like sexuality is mm-hmm. just a default easy mm-hmm. kind of thing. They have other things to worry about, obviously, but it's just it just to me it's like so clear our differences when yeah. the holidays roll around because you're like, oh God. I think oh, the yeah. holidays feel aggressively heteronormative. Yes. So uh, heteronormative. So heteronormative. L- last, yeah. last night I went to my friend's annual uh, Hallmark movie bingo party <laughs> and it's just every movie and everyone was like, Carolyn, write, write the lesbian one. Yeah, oh, man. Like, yes. Can we please have a lesbian holiday rom-com? My God. Yeah. <laughs> Give us something. I want to. Anything. But, but even, oh, man, these Hallmark movies are so bad. Like, we had They're a, very, very white. We had to stop yeah, yeah. several of them. Well, there's always, like, token minority friend, but the leads are always, like, these nondescript-looking mm-hmm. white people, and you're supposed to care about them, but you can't. So we no. kept, and the plots and the writing, it's... Oh my God. It just like, uh, I don't know, the holidays so double down on the like ideas of what makes a family and what makes a typical mm-hmm. family. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned the, just how heterosexist it all is and like how for so long for me, there was so much hand wringing over the holidays and how stressful it was and like straight people just go home and do that thing, you know, yeah, and yeah. like don't have to hem and haw over going back in the closet or, you know, censoring themselves or who they're going to bring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you said it's stark relief. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, they don't have to worry about like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm very particular about like what I'll wear when I'm back in the Midwest. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, I just don't want to be stopped somewhere. And like, I don't know. It was, I was, I was back for a weekend and I, and I got that that little familiar twinge of anxiety uh, every time I go to like use a public restroom. Yeah, it's just like every fucking time someone, sir, someone either. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this You've is the made ladies' a mistake. room. No shit. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's that kind of shit that I'm just like, oh, there's a reason I don't come back here very often. I'm glad I went, but you know, it's just I don't do, know. There's do you ever drop your voice and go, I am a lady? <laughs> like, just... I I I my my response is different based on where I am and yeah. how like. If I feel like it could be unsafe if I was a snarky asshole, sure, I won't right, say anything. Sure, if it's right. like a bar and there's drunk people and there's drunk men there, like I just don't want to deal with it. But if you it's don't want like, someone to mace you, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. or but if it's just like what I, I don't know, I, I I do like to sort of make them feel really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> which like uh, not related to holidays, but a fun fresh reminder that our safety is uh, should never be taken for granted. Even when you live in New York, did mm-hmm. you see some woman? Was punched on the subway yeah. and yeah. her spine was broken right. by some guy who saw her kiss another woman. And yeah. I, I sent it to my wife. I'm like, see, this is why I'm always saying, like, you know, tone it down on on the subway because, especially like at night, and it's like mm-hmm. the subway is such a mixed bag too. You it never mostly know really men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have no idea, and if somebody sees you holding my hand or yeah. something, like they could come and slash our faces. Well, also like, the you thing don't, that, that um, Cecilia posted on Instagram the uh, picture of the text about travel. I don't oh, know where she read yeah, that, but yeah. it was no. She just renewed her warning. Canadian passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was like a some passport literature about. Um, traveling as openly queer people Mm -hmm. and how that is wildly different depending on where you go. And that's another thing that like, I think cishet people don't necessarily realize not so much to their fault, but they just don't have to is that traveling like this whole concept of like going somewhere in the world is a really fun, rosy concept unless you outwardly appear queer, in which case it can literally be like, it's in some places it's an offense. It's a criminal offense. Yeah, it is, so yes. it's like, like yeah. literally yeah. we could be thrown in Criminalized. jail in yeah. some yeah. country 
with no recourse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a thing that, because there are places we wanted to travel and we really wanted to go to um, Tanzania. And then I looked into it more. I'm like, it's off the table because um, specifically because she's taken my last name. Mm, Okay. So Mm -hmm. if we show up in Tanzania and we both have the same last name, but based on our passport information, like obviously we're not sisters that they'll know we're married and they can, like best case scenario is that they turn us away right. and, and say you, you can't leave. come in yeah. and you have to fly back. Right. But like we could technically be arrested and there have been uh, Canadian married couples who have been um, mm-hmm. turned well, away and told to, to get on flights to go back by being in those countries yeah. where gay marriage isn't legal. And if you're going through customs together, like, and you have the same last name, you can't just say your friends traveling together. Right. You know? You might be able to lie and say your cousins or something weird like that, but that's probably not going to fly either. It it's not going to lie at customs. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, no. if it to I lie would, to if a it government was, agency, it was my last resort, I would. But yeah, but yeah, like, and that's another thing about holidays too. Like, I always think about uh, what I really want to do is just go by myself to like a beach country anywhere or like anywhere with a beach that's like eighty degrees and just lay there for a week and let Christmas pass. But it's like, that's what's a couple of years ago. Places I could go. Yeah, no, there there are. I mean, even if you think just people traveling in the States going home for the Mm -hmm. holidays, think about the number of steps you go through just to get to the gate at the airport where in some way someone is making a judgment call on your gender identity or sexual orientation, right? From the moment that you walk up to the TSA agent who like looks in your passport and is trying to make sure that your passport matches who you appear to be to going through TSA when someone is, you know, looking at your body and making whatever kind of assessment they're making and then to when you use the bathroom I mean there's so many opportunities there before yeah. you're even thinking about getting to a beach where you might feel safe on your own as a queer person right exactly <laughs> so stressful. yeah even like domestic travel like the I get a lot of like the uh you hand them your driver's license before you go into the security thing yeah. and I get a lot of like look down the license look back at me look down the license look back at me look down the li-. it's like it's like a few more seconds than yeah you know I always my- think with the pink hair, it's going to be a problem because my hair is not pink <laughs> in my past. Oh, yeah. Same, yeah. Same. But, but, you know, <laughs> no, they just let me through. Yeah. 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 And then it's like that whole pat down procedure is so fucking weird. And they, ugh, I don't know. It's a lot. Oh, it's yeah. Because they call over, if you're a woman, they call, call over, over a, woman a woman to pat you to down. Do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's another I traveled way that with uh, my ex girlfriend once and she got like kind of aggressively patted down by a woman in a way that like traumatized her a little bit Yum. and it was like no. the worst experience ever. Like this the woman t- literally put her hand like Oy. under in- the bra. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is no, that a oh thing? My- it is a thing. Oh it's my happened God. to me. I okay. didn't know that. No, it's happened, it to, happened me. to her. And I was like, huh. I was fucking blown away by it. Cause I didn't get, cause it was one of those things that they ran randomly choose pluck people out to do that too. And it was just like, they check like your, the underwire of your, That's yeah. of your bra. Yeah. yeah. So they run your hand along and they tell you they're going to do it, but it's, it's only happened to me once, but That's I will jarring. say, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's like very intimate <laughs> yeah. and very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, and I don't think I was supportive enough in that moment to her. So like, she's yeah. not listening, but I'm sorry that I didn't believe you right away when you said that she touched your boob. And then I realized it later, but yeah, yeah. it was yeah, no, just no, no. very, <laughs> but like to that point, it's there. Are, I always my my girlfriend is very very androgynous. So sometimes when we're traveling in places where people aren't like fluent in queer issues mm-hmm. or identities, people think that we're a straight couple so anywhere but, outside of New York. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, I mean pretty much. But um, but to that point, like I think that um, you know, 
there are so many things if you want to make sure that the folks you're traveling with want to be safe, there's so many things you can do. Like I always go with, to go to the bathroom with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. even if like I don't have to go to the bathroom, I'm always there because I'm like, you know, someone's going to probably yep. be like, this is a ladies room. And I'm going to be like, oh, honey, do you have a tampon yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, or yeah. something like that? Yeah. You know, and um, and just like I think there are easy things that you can do to be a good ally if you're traveling with someone, you know, whose gender is going to be policed. Even yeah. just bearing witness to the bullshit that folks yeah. have to go through, you know, and just to make sure that like they'll be safe and they won't be alone. Yeah. 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 That is a good call. Oh um, God, I hate traveling so much for that specific <laughs> reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I think too, when you're in a relationship at the holidays, that presents mm-hmm. a whole thing. And I know that's like something that even the straights have to deal with. Oh, it's course. like, do I'm you not people don't deal with holiday anxiety? No, no. But it's like, do you, or do you not bring your partner? But I remember like when I was a, a younger gay, I would like every relationship. I felt like I had to treat it like let everybody know how serious it was, just so people wouldn't think it was either just a phase uh-huh. or that oh, it's like they're friends but they kiss or something right. like that. Right. You know, you're like so, aggressively trying to legitimize a relationship. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and by doing things like getting married. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on my second marriage, but <laughs> it's a running bit in the pod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But but bringing people home for for the holidays and really yeah. I mean I remember when I one of my relationships it was very on and off and my mom would always be like I don't when you're together you make it sound like this is the mm-hmm. love of your life and now you're saying you want nothing to do with her I'm like yeah I know I had to make it sound that way so you don't just think it's like one of my yeah. friends yeah. or something like yeah. that no it like, is kind of like that like it's 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 hard to um, present any information to sometimes to parents that's like casual about someone's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm kind of dating someone like, because you kind of feel this need to like, I always feel this need to make when I talk about someone to like to my mom, for example, cause I want her to know that like, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm being taken care of. So I always, I have this unfortunate tendency to sort of over like, it, over legitimize a relationship, even if it's not quite at that phase. Yeah. Cause I, want her to feel like I'm like stable and like being taken care of by someone that kind of happened once with me with a very temporary relationship I was just in where I kind of let it seem like a more serious thing than it really was deep down for me because Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to like, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to be, it's hard to tell your parents or your family that you're just kind of casually with someone and Mm -hmm. you may, you don't know, maybe it's going to be serious. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It just feels like it needs to be more like, this is real. Yeah. But well, especially when your relationship's going to be met with skepticism. Yeah. As a yeah. Couple like to default. begin with. Yeah. 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 And then there are people who are with people who aren't like as much out of the closet. And yeah. Like, yeah. And then that's a hard thing to, to navigate and feelings can get hurt. And I know like, um, like when Cecilia and I first got together, she wasn't out to her dad and I didn't know that at first. And okay. he lives in Peru. So, um, it's, it's not like it was easy for her not to be out to him, I guess, because he's not like seeing her life every day and she doesn't have to have whoever she's with yeah. like, meet him in person. Um, but there was like talk about going to Peru for, for Christmas. And we had been dating at that point for maybe like, I don't know, five, five months or something. And, I just like didn't even think about like what a big statement would have been for her to bring me. Mm-hmm. It never happened, but for her to bring me to 
Peru to meet her dad. Like, th- what a yeah. Heat. Like the mm-hmm. holidays are already enough to deal with, mm-hmm. and then that on top of it, it's an, definitely an added layer for queer people meeting our significant other's family. Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, for straight people, it's like obviously there's a whole checklist of things they have to worry about as well. But for us, like we have to so carefully go into every situation like that, knowing that there could be an entire spectrum of possibilities as far as how you'll be received. So shout out to anyone who is having their first holiday with oh, their yeah. significant other. Yeah. Any, anyone on the spot, gay, straight, everything Seriously. in between. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll it's you. your first, ho- the yeah. first holiday with someone's family. Yeah. It's hard. I know. It's funny. Cause now just in thinking about this, like I, my family members who are now questioning their sexual orientation or gender identity, I've become like the queer whisperer of the family yeah. at the yeah. big like family gatherings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> these big family gatherings will people people will pull me to the side and have these mm-hmm. really candid conversations just because I was like the most out queer mm-hmm. person there. Yeah. And it's kind of like an interesting flip side that now, you know, as they're kind of navigating this and thinking about it, it's just like you it's know, cool when I get like, that, yeah, though. yeah, it's very cool. And I'm Your glad. family sounds rad. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that they feel safe enough to mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah. But it's just, you know, it's interesting being on the other side and seeing people now going through that process and kind mm-hmm. of like pulling me into a kitchen to have like some kind of clandestine conversation about you know what they're going through or, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, this has evolved into like my anxiety ridden holidays to now, you know, over the years, here I am receiving people's secrets for the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Man, my cousin's gay and she came out to my sister before she came out to me. That's and rude. I'm like, rude. Come on, Sarah. So rude. <laughs> so rude. Sarah, if you're listening, stop I being literally so have rude. zero queer people in my family. So. Uh, I, I have queer cousins on both sides of the family and then yeah. sort of like... I also have a very small family, so that's yeah. another, like, mathematically, it would make sense that I'm the only one. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, but, well, my cousin, so she she came in town for Thanksgiving and she's in a very uh, great relationship right now, um, but her, her girlfriend is also an immigrant and um, is not out to her parents and mm-hmm. so like she's having to navigate all of that stuff too yeah. and um she didn't come uh to thanksgiving with her but yeah just like hearing about that ugh, it's such a thing it's such a thing mm-hmm. such right. a thing uh, I, I do think we have to get to the listener question because yeah. we have another uh, novella that great. one of our great listeners submitted. <laughs> uh, we actually have two quick questions because one well one's a quick question but somebody really wants to know sarah what hair products do you use okay I actually do get this, get this a lot. It's so simple. So I wash my hair with shampoo and conditioner, the cheap kind from CVS. Then I take a cheap mousse from CVS when it's wet and I rub and I like run my fingers through it. I don't own a brush, run my fingers through, you know, with like moussey hands. It's like CVS brand. Mousse. It's like, it, no, it's just like, tr- like Tresemme or like whatever I happen to grab. It okay. just any kind of mousse is yeah. fine. Like the, it's like a white foamy. I know nothing about hair products. It's like the, you know, like the, the texture is like whipped cream. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's just any of that. Okay. Uh, and then, so that's when it's wet and then I just blow dry it. But like, I don't, I don't do anything. I just like blow dry it in like different directions. So it's kind of like everywhere. And then I take, uh, a, cheap hairspray like a like a medium hold and then I just kind of slowly like kind of like like all over and I just shape it with my hands so cheap hair products that's the secret yeah that's the secret all right yeah no I don't I don't spend any like actual money on anything um I get my hair cut at like a really cool like 
just like, I mean, they're all over Brooklyn, but like a barber shop, but like that's for everyone kind of thing. Anyone with short hair, basically. And like yeah. everybody in Brooklyn looks like a queer girl with short hair. So it's like, yeah. it works. It's you great. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's real simple, but it's, uh, it's mostly the, the key is the blow drying part hmm. that yeah. has to be like, you got to get it from different directions. So it's kind of sticking straight up in the air. Yeah. Like don't let it get like limp or whatever. And that's where the mousse comes in and it holds it up. And then just kind of like, yeah. All right. I'll have to try that next time. Yeah. <laughs> I spend uh, at most 10 minutes every single day <sighs> from stepping out of the shower to stepping out my front door. That's nice. That's impressive. Yeah. <sighs> it's my That's favorite impressive. thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is extreme. Like, it has really changed my life having shorter hair. Like, it's just back when I had long hair, when it was like down past my, because I have really thick hair, it would yeah. take me like, Probably a solid 45 minutes wow. just to blow dry. Yeah. yeah it was bad. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes I just think like the, the amount of things I could do with the time from if I like shaved mm-hmm. my head and stopped wearing makeup oh my God. would be. Oh, yeah. I don't do makeup either. So, yeah. It's a quick. I'd be hosting the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'd be I don't right think now. My house staff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This other question. Buckle up. Um, I was married to a man for 17 years after divorce. Mazel. Uh, I decided to explore <laughs> my bisexuality and joined a gay dating site. I tweaked my profile to look as though I lived in Atlanta, which is three and a half hours away in a different state. This sounds creepy and weird, but I have a 12-year-old son, and I'm not interested in being outed at this point. So at some point, this woman reaches out to me and asks if I'm open-minded about dating a woman in an open relationship. As we chatted, it came out that she was seeing women and had just ended a relationship with another married woman, but her husband doesn't date other people. So so it's not totally open, Mm -hmm. but rather her husband is okay with her seeing women because he can't compete with that. That's uh, true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of nodding happening. (laughs) Sounds about right so far. Uh, I'm very much oversimplifying things in the interest of brevity. Then this goes on for four more paragraphs. So in the interest of brevity. Uh, So I decided to meet her when I'm in Atlanta for work. We quickly engage in a, quote, relationship. Um, Much of our, quote, dates have been when her family is out of town or she has come to my house uh, since I'm single. We carried on like this for eight months. Oh, my God. Until I had a conversation (laughs) uh, with a woman I went to high school with that I confided in about my sexuality. I hadn't struggled with the idea that we were cheating on her husband. My friend was appalled that I was dating a married woman. She said I was being used, and she was amazed that I couldn't see this. So I confided in my, quote, girlfriend, the married one, uh, about the conversation and that I felt guilty about the arrangement. I stepped back from our relationship and told her that we need to just be friends, no more sleeping together. Since this conversation, I've kept her at arm's length, but it's been difficult. She's incredibly smart and clever, um, Read between mm-hmm. the lines. She's hot. Uh, right. I get her <laughs> yeah. sense of humor. I've been there. <laughs> and we have a lot in common. In the perfect world, we'd likely be a great couple, but she is now using her child as an excuse uh, not to deal with her marriage. A uh, common thing. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people don't want to leave their spouses for the sake of the children, even though the children can tell that their parents are unhappy mm-hmm. and not having a healthy relationship. So think about that. Uh, all right. Let's keep going. I need like a water break. <clears throat> okay. 
She admits she isn't happy, but she says she really doesn't want to mess up her daughter's life by divorcing her father and then coming out. I really don't know what to make of this. I don't think I've ever uh, really been fair in this situation because I'm invested in the relationship we have, the friendship. I... I don't know what this means. Okay. I do acknowledge that remaining friends with her is becoming difficult because she's jockeying for more time alone. And I know where this will end and I'm starting to feel resentful. I don't understand how she can keep going in a marriage that is riddled with problems and have no hope of being resolved, mainly because she's so gay and she is in total denial of just how gay she is. I see it. Um, My question, finally... Is this, from the outside looking in, would you agree with my friend that this woman is simply wanting to have her cake and eat it too? Uh, yes. <laughs> and is using me to get what she needs emotionally with no intention of ever doing anything to change her situation? Or do you think that given the complexity of the situation, it's only fair to give her a wide berth to figure out her future with no pressure from me? That's where I say yes, Sarah. So I think we, we disagree on this. To mm. date, I've encouraged couples counseling and being more open with her husband, but that's all I've got. So there you go. All right. What do we do with this? Well, I think I have some experience uh, with oh, you do. straight women. Do like you we all? I mean. <laughs> not well, not no. all of us. Yeah, uh, kind of. But yeah. like I have been. So here's who I've been before. I've been her. It wasn't for eight months, but I've been uh, someone's. I've been the person with whom someone was like actively cheating on a male partner, which not proud of it, but like I, I was a little younger. I just moved here. Like I was sort of figuring out, I was just getting this like first dose of confidence that like women actually found me attractive, which until my mid twenties had never been a thing for the most part. And it was sort of a have your cake and eat it too thing where she wanted there to be like, she wanted me to be exclusive with her when she was in and at the time engaged is now married to this man. Mm-hmm. And then one day I literally was just like, no, like that's not going to work. Cause I wanted to date somebody else. And I told her that I was like, well, I, you know, I met someone I'm going to go on dates with and she fucking flipped out. And I was like, well, that's not really, this isn't like, I am not just your experimental sort of like, I'm not just like your fun thing that you can have here. Yeah. And then I, then I can't go have my own life. It just, there was no benefit to that. Yeah. I'm not saying that's exactly what this situation is, but like, I've definitely been the person with whom straight, straight women feel comfortable in exploring their sexuality with, but without, without there being any benefit to me, any of the trappings of a normal relationship to me, you know? I mean, I think this listener needs to do what's best for her ultimately, yeah. and you shouldn't sacrifice your own happiness and well-being for this other person. I will say I know and I have known throughout my life several women who have felt trapped in bad marriages mm-hmm. because of their children, and it's not an easy place to be. And yeah, no, I do I, feel for her for that. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't think that she's with you just because she likes the attention. I think she thinks like that's the closest or yeah, she can get I mean, to what she really wants, but she's too scared to to take that leap and deal with the fallout of uh, of leaving her husband, which, you know, that can put your financial situation in exactly. ruin. And she doesn't know that you're going to be somebody that's going to support her um, in all the ways that her husband has. So it's a lot to take a, a leap like that for somebody that, you know, started out as, as an affair. So yeah. I, I kind of feel for for this other woman, too, 
who seems to. No, of course to, I do. Because there's a lot of reasons women stay in marriage. A lot of reasons people stay in marriages. A lot of that sometimes is economic security. Yeah. And, you know, the normalcy aspect of raising kids in a, in a, you know, quote unquote nuclear family or whatever. But if it is affecting you emotionally to be this other, yeah. like, but it's not like, it's not your duty to stand by her during this yes. journey that she's on. Like, I agree. You know, the listener, the listener said she's also, she is not get out and this yes. is all like kind of new for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which makes me think that this marriage situation it's a little bit messy yeah. and also she should really make sure that she's taking the time to figure out who she is and what she wants. And it's just a lot to have on your plate in terms of, you know, not even being out yourself, yeah. Yeah. you know, saying that you're, they in also both location. live in Alabama or in the South or no, what, what I think one lives in Georgia, one lives in yeah, Alabama. It sounds it's like it's a lot. So it is messy. That adds another it's, layer. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, I feel for something. them. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I both, I mean, I, I really do because I know people who are kind of in, and I shouldn't say straight women because obviously this woman is not straight, but like, and the woman that I had a situation with wasn't technically, but like, it's just, it, it is, it's too much of a mess and it's, you don't, you don't have to feel obligated to be someone's kind of guide through that messy situation, especially if it's going to affect you. You have to kind of, you have to like, it's like when you're on a plane, you have to put your life mask on first. Yes. Like you have to take care of yourself first ultimately. Yeah. And if that means stepping back from this person, then that's what it means. Yeah. I don't know. That's It's rough. Cause it's like there's a lot going on there. And I know how, especially in like the sort of young, like when you're kind of just coming out, like how easy it is to get like emotionally wrapped up in someone sure. and that will get better for you over time. I yeah. promise. Like as you mature and as you become confident and as you have all these experiences and figure out who you are, you're going to be a lot more able to navigate these situations by, you know, keeping yourself afloat first. Um, but it's fucking hard right now. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It's really and I would have been like, I would have been torn up completely by something like that. If it had something like that presented itself to me earlier in my development. And, and given the situation and how messy it is, I don't think that this person as it stands, like even if you do like all the understanding in the world won't make this a relationship that gives you the support and mm-hmm. love and satisfaction that you're deserving of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like, it sucks, but that's kind of the reality of it. And this could be keeping you from meeting someone else that, that would treat you better. You know, that, yep. that would be a better fit for you right now. Yeah. So yeah, oh. I would say, Good I, luck. Would, I would say like, I don't, I don't have a solid answer for you for what her intentions are. Cause we can't know that, but like, like the, the married woman's intentions, but ultimately it's not good for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would say decide what exactly you want mm-hmm. and are trying to get out of this because if you want a long-term committed relationship with this person, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. But if you are comfortable and you feel happy and okay about this arrangement, then that is a whole other question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, Alex, uh, it's been a joy. Where can people find you on social media? I am at it's Alex Berg on Twitter and Instagram. And I think I'm like Alex Berg NY on Facebook, if that's something that you still use these days, but yeah, say hello to me. Great. Yeah. yeah. You'll probably find me on there fighting with the turfs. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. yeah. Do you have anything coming out that, uh, you're excited about or any projects you're working on? Yeah, I will be hosting uh, SiriusXM Signal Boost on channel 127 Monday through Thursday this week. Amazing. Um, yes. So we'll be talking about all the progressive feminist things. And then I will be hosting SiriusXM Make It Plain from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. the following week. I think that's like December 26th 
at, to the end of the week. So Great. give me a call, look it up, listen to me on the talk radio, all that stuff. Awesome. Cool, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and then you can follow us at Decking Out everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. We hope you have an amazing holiday season. We hope to see some of you out at ceremony on the 19th with your suits. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Anything else, Sarah? Uh, I don't know. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Sarah York. And you can follow me at PGI Carolyn. And you can also follow Cecilia. Some of you have been following her. Uh, this is Cecilia. Why not? Yeah. Right. Share the She's love. She's awesome. What about Karina? Karina. Oh, Karina loves sharing her you're all social here media for handle. Karina, content anyway, <laughs> Karina so. come up to the mic and, and tell us your <laughs> favorite handle. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> my, inst- wow. my Instagram is. <laughs> At Karina underscore Strom and my Twitter. I, I really, it's so embarrassing. I love doing this to you. <laughs> my Twitter is at Crispy with a K underscore Kreen. K-R-E-E-N. I have been getting followers since the last time, so I do appreciate that. And I <laughs> will not be changing my Twitter handle anytime soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This Thank was you such for a good being time. here. Thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening, everybody. Deck out with us in 20 by teen. Yay. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.